Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy, Long Beach Joe, and I am back at it, back at it, back at it, again. I'm back at it again, man. Listen, (laughs) boy, oh, boy. The New York Jets are uh, coming off of a terrible loss to the Browns. We're going to be discussing that. We're also going to be discussing some other things that have happened here, roster moves and things that have gone on. And I watched the, I watched the Browns come into the building, or the Browns, we went into their building, and the Browns clinched a playoff win by beating us. What an awful, awful game on Thursday night, man. Oh. Oh. Well, we're going to get into it all. All right. Call in 515-602-9639. Also going to be talking about how trash blog talk is. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Again, 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're taking all callers. I'm hyped up. Let me go ahead and get into the show. Listen, I am the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with you folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. Your boys also, okay, on Twitter as well, going over to Twitter, Type in at the Long Beach Joe, at the Long Beach Joe on Twitter. Go ahead and follow me. I'll follow you right back. We can go back and forth, especially in a time like this, okay? In a time like this where the Jets are looking horrific, (laughs) we need to band together as much as possible, all right? Your boy's also on iTunes as well. Go ahead on over to iTunes. Type in the Long Beach Joe Show. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Give me a five-star rating. Let me know how you folks feel about what I'm doing. Leave me some feedback. And I appreciate all y'all that do that, okay? It means a lot to me. Helps the, uh, <laughs> helps the show get out there, all right? And I appreciate everybody that does that, okay? I'm also all right, on YouTube as well, for those of you that do not know. I'm on YouTube. Oh, yes, I am, okay? So if you want to check me out, you know, we watched the uh, Browns game together uh, last night. Salute to all the savages in the chat. Come on over to YouTube. Type in Long Beach Joe Jets. Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. Okay. Subscribe. All right. Hit that notification bell so when I post content, you folks will be in the know. All right. Hit that notification. Press all. Okay. And give the videos a thumbs up. A lot of people fall into checking your boy's YouTube channel out. They're shocked, all right? They're like, whoa, Joe, we didn't know you go live. We didn't know you do the show live. Yeah, I do all that. I post content and all that over there. Long Beach Joe Jets, okay? And salutes to the ladies out there, okay? Ladies, I see you, all right? A lot of them saying, Joe, you're handsome. We didn't know that uh, we liked the takes. We liked the show. We, we love the Jets, too, but we didn't know you looked so good. Salutes to you, ladies. And I want to thank you. I'm not an arrogant guy. I'm just working with what I got, okay? So salutes to all the, uh, the ladies out there that's appreciating your boy, all right? I appreciate you as well. Again, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. Subscribe, 
hit that notification bell, share it with your friends and your family. All right. And guess, guess what? When you come over here to YouTube, keep in mind, you're going to have to deal with some people. Okay. My chat. And I call my chat the savages. You want to know why? They're savage. Just know, you're going to be dealing with them. Trust. If they don't like your take, they're going to let you know. Okay? Nobody's safe. Not even me. Not even me. They don't like my take, they let me know too. All right? So, with all that said, it's time to get into it. All right? The New York Jets got beat by the Cleveland Browns on Thursday night. And it was embarrassing to watch, let me tell you. The Browns beat the Jets 37-20. to We'll be getting to all the callers tonight. The lines are hot. Again, 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. Crazy. Blog Talk actually works this week. Blog Talk is trash as well. Let's let's you know what Blog Talk. Let me let me take a break from the Jets just for a second. Blog Talk, you're flush. You're flushed. How long have we, have I been having to deal with Blog Talk and its nonsense not working properly, so that I we can get together and host these shows properly, okay, where I can hear from the people. That's what I do this for. I love all Jets fans through and through, all right, regardless of whether I agree with your position or don't agree with your position or your opinion, all right, no matter where you come from, who you are, what you do, okay, I love all of you. We believe Green here through and through, and Blog Talk has frequently got in the way of me being able to connect with you folks recently, and I don't like it. Blog talk, you're trash. <laughs> trash. I just wanted to put that out there. But it's working tonight. I'm shocked. We'll be doing more blog talk bashing as the uh, show continues to play out. <laughs> just wanna, I want to get that off my chest. I got a lot of frustration, in case y'all didn't know. Browns beat to death 37-20. The defense struggled mightily in the first half, okay? The Browns came out straight out the gate, okay, and went straight down the field and scored. You want to know why? Because we could not stop David Njoku. Couldn't stop him. Keep in mind, there's no Amari Cooper. There was no Amari Cooper. He was not playing. That's their big weapon. There was no Amari Cooper. He was not playing. He was out for the game. So when you look at this, the only real credible weapons that they have outside of the running backs, I'm talking about in the receiving game, right, the wide receiver, it's Elijah Moore and then the guy, David Njoku. I've talked about this. He's their big weapon. We've got to make sure that he doesn't go off. That man had over 100 yards in the first quarter. He had six catches for 134 yards to end the game. He did have one fumble. C.J. Mosley smacked him. But he dominated us early. It was insane. It was insane to watch that. I couldn't believe it. This guy is running around wide open, wide open in our secondary. Nobody can stop him. No adjustments to stop him either. Sauce talked about after the game, hey, you know, our game plan, I was going to follow Amari Cooper all around in our game plan, but he didn't end up playing. So then why didn't you follow 
Elijah Moore around because Elijah Moore, five catches, 61 yards, he had a touchdown. He beat D.J. Reed. Why didn't you put Sauce Garner on Elijah Moore? Why wasn't there more of an effort to do something about David Njoku? Why wasn't he doubled? There was no Amari Cooper. We should have made the Browns throw to anybody else early, anybody else except for David Njoku. You're not going to beat us with him. That's what you're not going to do. Couldn't get it done. Couldn't get it done. Jermaine Johnson had a big play. He actually caught an interception. He was rushing Joe Flacco, put his hands up, knocked the ball, took the ball up, caught it, right, caught the pick, ran it back for a touchdown. And we all, at least I felt watching the game, like, oh, man, this is some momentum shift. Things are going to start happening for us. You know, something to get us back into the game. Let's get rolling. Let's build on this. <laughs> and then uh, a couple plays later, Jerome Ford runs in a 50-yard touchdown after a catch. Broken tackles left and right. The New York Jets could not tackle in this game. Couldn't tackle. I watched Ford shrug off Tony Adams, throw off another Jets defender, and just drag people into the end zone. It's insane. It was insane. Guys, bodies just dropping. Nobody can stop them. Mind-blowing. Joe Flacco, 19-29, 309 yards. I'm going to say it. 19 of, 30, 19 of 29, he had 309 yards on the day. Three TDs and an interception. The Browns had over 360 yards of total offense at the half against the Jets. Half. It's embarrassing. Keep in mind, the Jets had opportunities as well. They dropped like three interceptions. Dropped like three of them. I will say the Jets' defense did play better in the second half, but the damage had been done. The damage had been done. The lack of adjustments, the penalties that we saw as well in this game, and I'll get to that in a second. This is, it was atrocious, an atrocious, atrocious performance. Then you go over to the offensive side of the ball, and we'll get to the lines in just a second. I want to hear from y'all. 914 or 845, excuse me, 908, other new callers. I'll get to you in a second. 515-602-9639. That is the number. Blog Talk is working tonight. I am shocked. I am shocked. Blog Talk, round of applause for you for finally getting something together. Let's give them a hand. Let's give them a hand. Let's give them a hand. They've been so tragic. Not too much studio audience. I don't pay you enough, especially not to clap for Blog Talk. I will definitely not pay you for that. You're not getting paid for clapping for those clowns. The Jets' offense missed opportunity after missed opportunity after missed opportunity. Over and over and over. Couldn't get it done. We scored on our first drive, and then the offense went dead after that. Let me take you guys through a sequence. Izzy Anabanakanda fumbles early, right? Fumbles on a kickoff return. That was frustrating to watch. The Browns get the ball on the 12-yard line, okay? So I'm thinking, hey, (laughs) this is pretty much a touchdown for them. No, 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 no. The Jets' defense is able to get a stop. Turnover on downs, okay? 
because the, the Browns went for it in the fourth. All right, cool. Simeon gets the ball. Jets offense comes back out, and I'm hyped, right? I'm hyped. Hey, <laughs> we, we got the ball back. We didn't give up any points. It was a disastrous fumble, but our defense saved us here. Now we can get some things rolling. Oh, no, no, no. A couple plays after that, Simeon comes out, runs a couple plays, drops back on the Jets 19, throws a ball to pick six, and the Browns take it back for a touchdown. That's the type of night it was. Trevor Simeon was 32 of 45, 261 yards throwing the ball. One touchdown, one interception. Garrett Wilson had 50 yards as well. He dropped a, a touchdown. Brees Hall actually did work. We rode a lot with Brees Hall. Rode a lot with Brees Hall. 13 carries, 84 yards. He had 42 yards in the passing game as well. He had 126 yards of total offense from the line of scrimmage. Our O-line struggled. Our O-line struggled. Becton struggled. Three penalties, one sack. And you know what was killing me, right, as I'm watching this? And, again, we'll get to the lines. Miles Garrett, as we know, is literally one of the top pass rushers in the league. He's up there with your Boses and, you know, keep naming names. They allowed him to single up with Makai Becton over and over and over and over and over and over again. And there was no help from the tight ends. Where's the offensive adjustment? Where's the offensive adjustment in the game plan, Right. To have Makai Becton be helped out, where's the tight end to come and help chip Miles Garrett? Where is it at? Where is it at? When was that going to take place? When was Nathaniel Hackett going to wake up and go, hey, Miles Garrett, their best pass rusher, he's starting to – he's getting off. Let's put somebody over there to help Makai Becton. Why didn't that happen? Zardarius Smith did his business as well. Every time Trevor Simeon dropped back, it seemed like there was somebody in his face. And he was just trying to dink and dunk his way. (laughs) Couldn't get that done either. The Browns were sniffing that out. It was wild to watch, man. No adjustments offensively, nothing. Just go out there and do your thing. Even with all the shenanigans that I'm discussing, again, we'll get to the lines right after this point. 515-602-9639. The lines are open. I'm talking to everybody tonight. We'll get to everybody, trust. Hold on, callers. Trust me. (laughs) It was 20 to 34 in the fourth quarter. We've got the ball. We're driving down, and we have a chance to bring this to one score. It's fourth and one. We can't convert on the fourth and one. And we're thinking, hey, the game's over. Game's over, baby. We gave it our best try. It's done. And then all of a sudden, the refs come out. There's a flag. A flag down on the field. Hmm. They've done a, a look. They say, hey, Browns had 12 men on the field. They showed a replay. And, in fact, it was. It was a Browns player trying to get off the field, but he was on the field when the ball was snapped. The Jets get new life. We're back tight. Hey, we got a first down off this penalty. They've made a massive mistake. After the penalty, we're on the Browns' 20-yard line. Let's get rolling. If we get a score here, we're down one score. With all the shenanigans that have gone on, we're down one score. One. We're back in business. First play after that first down, 
is a pass to Gibson for negative two yards. Tipman gets a penalty for a false start that pushes us back five. The drive ends with Simeon getting sacked and Greg Zerline kicking a 44-yard field goal. <laughs> That's the type of night it was. That's the type of night it was. The New York Jets were yet again heavily penalized. 12 penalties for 74 yards. 12 penalties for 74 yards. Yet again, the Jets are heavily penalized. We're just coming off of a game where we had 14 penalties, I think, for 150 yards. What in the world is going on here? Why can't the Jets not be heavily penalized in a game? You can't win like that. But we keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's mind-blowing. We also had a blocked field goal in the game. Our special teams, again, fumbled on a return. It was bad. And this is a game where I got to watch a Cleveland Browns team, a Cleveland Browns franchise that is known for being clownish, cartoonish, that is known for bumbling and fumbling their way through things, that is known for being a dysfunctional franchise. I watched them with Joe Flacco beat the Jets and celebrate clinching a playoff berth. Think about this. The Cleveland Browns, one of the most laughable teams in the, in the NFL, the Cleveland Browns, one of the most laughable franchises in the NFL, have been to the playoff twice in these last 13 years, and the Jets haven't been once in the last 13 years. Stop at night it was. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. I'm taking all callers. We're going to the callers. Also, Dwayne Brown is on IR, if anybody cares. He's got a back issue. He's done for the season. (laughs) I mean, come on. This is what it is, man. It is what it is. And nothing – I know Jets fans are screaming about firing Sulla, so on and so forth. He's not getting fired. He's already gotten – vote of confidence from Woody Johnson. He's going to be here next year. And I've been telling y'all, like I've been telling y'all for these, for these, these last couple months, Aaron Rodgers went down. They're not going to change anything until Aaron Rodgers comes back next season. And they're going to see what they can accomplish with him. And if they don't, then maybe there'll be a change, but unless Aaron Rodgers wants that change to happen, baby, it ain't happening. Okay. It ain't happening. I'm going to get to these lines again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. I am taking all callers. Keep in mind when you call in, all right, there's no cursing on my show. Don't call into my show cursing, okay? It's not happening. This is YouTube. This is a platform, okay? Please respect my platform because I do not want to have to move on from anybody, all right. Also, make sure you have a good phone connection. I need to be able to hear you for my new callers because I want to hear from everybody. Okay. Make sure your connection is good. Make sure your connection is free of background noise as well. All right. I just, I don't know what to say. We're getting to the lines, 515-602-9639. Again, 
602-969 is the number. Call in. Please subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Give the video a thumbs up. If you want to give to the platform, Super Chat is up there. Cash App is at the bottom of the screen. First caller we're getting to, we're going to David. 315, Jake will come to you next. Steve, I see you. New callers as well. We'll get to everybody tonight. Hold on, okay? Trust. We're getting to everybody tonight. Now we're going to David. Let's see what David's got to think. David salutes. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. David, man, give me your thoughts, okay? Jets get beat by the Browns 37-20. to What are your thoughts on this performance that you saw on Thursday night? Well, good evening, Joe. I'm first up to bat. Yeah, you are. What's going on, man? How's it going? Oh, Oh, hold on, hold on a second. Where's my manners? Hold on. First off, happy holidays. But for those of you that do not know David, he's a savage. Sorry, David. Go ahead. Oh, that's all right, Joe. Thank you. Um, I hope my call is worthy of of such a, a pronouncement. Uh. Joe, I don't know where to start, so I'll just follow off your lead and perhaps add in you know, my own opinion. I, I, there's, there's so many ways we can go. Um, I think the biggest thing is what happens when our team is in this state, and this is, a, this is kind of a new state because this, I, I, you're, you're more knowledgeable. That's why you got the show. You're more knowledgeable than me. Um, do you know of any time in Jet history where – a player, even at the level of Aaron Rodgers, could have that much political clout to to be the 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 the, the, the stabilizer of a coaching staff, and and at the performance of what we're seeing, as you well pointed out, the penalties, the undisciplined, um, mm-hmm. the, the lackluster, the the lack of the coaches to make adjustments in game time moments. Mm-hmm. There's so many ways we can go, and it just seems like. When you give a pass to that, Joe, you're saying that we're going to enable this coaching staff to stay, and where is the motivation to adjust or to change in the future? And secondly, Joe, um, if you give the player like Aaron Rodgers that much power, he has to become some type of coach too because your players, especially next year, Joe, you know they're, they're not going to respect the coach because – they're, they're just going to look. They're going to know these are all professionals, so they think different than us. They're getting paid high money to perform, but they're going to know that their coaches are only here because of Aaron Rodgers. So anything that Salah or all his assistants say, Joe and, and Chat out there, uh, is uh, is all, it has to go through Aaron. How, how does that? How mm-hmm. do we function like that, Joe? That, those are great questions, David. Those are great questions, and I, and I want to answer that for you. I don't think I've ever. We've never had a player of Aaron Rodgers' ilk. I mean, we've of course, I'm, I'm talking about quarterback from a quarterback standpoint. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback we've ever had in our franchise history. That's a fact. Right now he is. Here's the deal. We knew what we were getting into when we traded for him and when we brought him into this franchise. What Aaron Rodgers um, makes a realization for the Jets is the possibility to win a Super Bowl. That's, that's what he symbolizes. He symbolizes what we've been trying to chase for years, ever since Joe Namath won his however many years ago. The New York Jets have not been in the playoffs in 13 years. That's the reason why we immediately hit that button, win now, when we traded that capital to grab him. 
And this was something that Woody Johnson talked about. And I want to go back to this because I want, always want to highlight this when people talk about the issues and the confidence of Zach Wilson and all those things. When they asked our owner in the offseason, what is the missing piece for the New York Jets? Live in front of everybody, he literally said, the piece that we are missing that will take us to the next step to compete is a quarterback. And when we made that move to get Aaron Rodgers, we tied ourselves to him in a way that I do not believe that Jets fans were thinking. And this is something I talked about as well. We hit the win now button. That's exactly what we did. When you go into win now mode, you can't make massive changes and think that you're still going to be able to win. You can't do it. Those guys that we're talking about firing, and listen, I'm here to listen. That's what I'm here to do. I want to hear from all Jets fans. I'm here to listen. And I've gone back and forth with many Jets fans about wanting – they want to fire him. They want to get rid of Joe Douglas. They want to get rid of everybody. Aaron Rodgers came here for those guys. If you get rid of any of them, he's gone and out the door. Here's the problem with that. You don't have the answer after he's gone. Because Zach Wilson, to this point, is not the answer. There's nothing there. You can't even draft a quarterback in this year's draft because, first off, I don't think we'll have a pick that's close enough. Second off, we won't have – we, we don't have the, the roster set up to support a young quarterback because you can't protect him. Right. We Absolutely. don't have any offensive linemen. You won't have to worry about him succeeding here. He'll be dead. They'll snap his spine and put him on the sidelines, too, with the torn Achilles as well. We are, this is not between a rock and a hard place. We are very much in win-now mode, and we have tied ourselves to him. And there's no way of getting out of it. That capital we gave up for him, the first round pick and now the second round pick is looking like it's going to be right. I believe that's what it is. If you get rid of them, you might as well have wiped your butt with that stuff. That's something that you could have utilized to continue to build the football team. Let's also keep in mind that I'm just talking about capital and stuff. What about the cap implications? He's owed like a hundred million dollars. Nobody's talking about that. This <laughs> man is like, we have tied ourselves to Aaron Rodgers. And the reason why he came here was because of the stability of the Jets franchise. He liked Joe Douglas. He liked Robert Sulla. And we literally brought in Nathaniel Hackett. Of course, he liked him because they're running the offense that him and Hackett built together. If you make any changes to this offensive staff or to, to this offensive staff or the coaching staff, period, if you make any changes that he does not agree with, I'm very sure that that Achilles is going to become more of an issue than it, are, than it is. I'm very sure that that Achilles may may, uh, start to spark up, and maybe he walks away from football. What do you think that will do? Put us into a straight hole. And even if he doesn't walk away, even if he doesn't walk away, and this is is something I want to bring up, and I want to hear from you. I've been telling Jets fans this, too. I love Aaron Rodgers through and through. I watch him all throughout his time in Green Bay, and I've been telling Jets fans about this. One of the things I love about Aaron Rodgers is how he stands. Oh, he'll stand up. If he don't like something, he'll stand up and say it. I watched him get on a, on a podium when he was in Green Bay and talk about how he didn't like how Green Bay treated former players. I watched him go on Pat McAfee, right, when we were making those trades, and literally completely blow up the trade capital for or the trade uh, leverage that Green Bay had. Anybody remember that? Anybody remember him sitting on that? Anybody remember him sitting on Pat McAfee's couch or sitting at wherever he was on Pat McAfee's show? and telling the entire world, I told Green Bay publicly, I'm telling them publicly now, but I told them personally, I do not want to play for you ever again. I also told them I don't want to play for any other team that you think you're just going to send me to. I also told them that I only want to play for the New York Jets 
And guess what you have to do? Stop trying to get more trade capital for me. Take what's on the table and let me up out of here. That's literally what he did. Now, we were all rejoicing, right? Because it was oh, yeah. in our I was. We were re- remember that, okay? I'm, I'm gonna I remember. Here I, want, I want to hear from you. Let me tell you something. Aaron Rodgers has a hand in the media that a lot of other players don't have, he, like they don't have. If he does not like anything that we do, he can go to Trey Wingo and say, hey, listen, Trey, start leaking stuff to the media about how, you know, I really don't like what the Jets are doing here. They lied to me. They're setting me up for failure. Because if you blow all the coaching staff up, you're, you're literally blowing everything up. We're going back into another rebuild with another GM and all that stuff. He's not the guy that's going to stay here for a rebuild. I highly doubt that. He's not a bridge rebuilding quarterback. He's made that very clear. He wants to compete to win Super Bowls. He can go to Trey Wingo. Trey Wingo will start talking to the media. He can sit on the Pat McAfee show like he does every Tuesday and tell the world the New York Jets have screwed me over. I came here to help this franchise. They fired all the guys that I came here for, and they're setting me up that so that we're going to be a four or five win team this upcoming years, and I don't want to be here anymore. And that yeah. will open the door for him to be gone. We are in win-now mode. There is no making decisions without Aaron Rodgers being consulted. That's the truth. And I didn't want to go on forever, but I want oh. everybody to realistically understand this. Like, we are in a situation right now. And, listen, I love Aaron Rodgers. I think, they, I think that we're a much better team with Aaron Rodgers on the field. I don't think this season would have gone the way it is if Aaron Rodgers was healthy. But the idea of making massive changes is not happening if Aaron Rodgers does not sign off on it. It is not happening. It's not. Even when he's been asked questions this offseason about him returning, this was before Woody Johnson's vote of confidence publicly. The media asked him, was him returning based on you know, the return of Sulla, he wouldn't answer the question, but he did say, I think we have a winning format with those guys here. And he's continued to show his love and support throughout this entire offseason, throughout the entire time. He's here for them. We, are, we, we, can't, we, we can't make sweeping changes. We can't. We've tied ourselves to this. And we're going to see it through, whether we like it or not. We're going to see it through. And my final point, and I'll throw it back to you because I want to get your thoughts on this. If you think that Woody Johnson is going to make any kind of change so that Aaron Rodgers may not be here, you're crazy. He wants to sell eight jerseys as much as possible. He wants to sell jerseys, and he also wants to sell tickets. And he knows that as long as Aaron Rodgers is here, as long as eight is in the building, those tickets and jerseys will sell. Give me your thoughts on what I said, David. Do you, do you believe there's any truth to it, or do you think it's nonsense? Well, Joe, I, I agree with about at least 90% of what you said, and, and it's bleak, but yet it's very truistic. Um, I think it's a matter of us Jet fans accepting uh, the points you just, you just made, but, but even way more important than our acceptance as fans, the players need to accept what you just described. I, I think they already know that because they're intuitive, they're smart in their own way in their life. They're not just great football players. I'm sure they understand the politics of the football that they're in on, from each particular team. And I think they see what you just described. Here, here's, my, here's my only fear is, as you well said, we have to go with Aaron. Woody wants the money. They, they can sell the off season. Um, you know, time heals wounds. So as they go through the winter process, then they can begin mm-hmm. the, the hype of winning the preseason, winning the uh, propaganda of 
of uh, through the through the newspapers and the television promoting the team's um, hopes and dreams of 2024. But if we don't succeed in 2024, and if anything similar happens again, God forbid, an injury, or we just can't get the offensive line right, Aaron can't get protected, we can't get that right. All our good young players are going to run for the hills in 2025, re-sign other, other areas, and then Aaron won't come back because he, he wouldn't be able to handle a whole year and then fail, so he would leave. And I think that would leave us, Joe, starved for at least four to five years, cleaning house and rebuilding, and it would be bleak. Mm. Oh, so, yeah, Joe, we mm. got to succeed. we got to ride with this. I agree with you. We have to make mm. the playoffs next year. Aaron's got to be healthy. We gotta we gotta uh, strengthen that offensive line somehow, some mm-hmm. way, patch it back together, and then they gotta they gotta believe that, and and you know what they gotta believe in Aaron, and I think they do, mm-hmm. but it has to work. You know what I'm saying, yeah. Joe? If it doesn't work, yeah. we're in for it. But if it works, if it works, and the 2024 mm-hmm. could be better than what we hoped this year would have been, then I think we're good. We're gonna have some golden years. So what do you think to that? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a, that's a very good good take as well. My thought on it is this. I know a lot of Jets fans are saying – there's some Jets fans are saying Super Bowl or bust next year. I understand that that thought process. Even the guys in the organization, the staff, Joe Douglas and Robert Seller, have talked about Super Bowl expectations. Robert um, – excuse me, Aaron Rodgers himself has talked about that. I know a lot of people are talking about playoffs, that the Jets have to make the playoffs. I could see the Jets, if they win 10 games, possibly not making the playoffs, and Aaron, and Aaron Rodgers and these guys still returning the next season. I could see that. I think there, there has to be a marked improvement. There has to be a marked improvement. Um, for me, making the playoffs is definitely they, – they, I, would, I would look at that as like that's a, a goal that they have to shoot for. But I could see, even if the Jets miss the playoffs, their game out or something like that, or things just fall away where they, again, win 10 games and still make the playoffs, that they'll be back. But – I think that, listen, Aaron Rodgers is going to do a lot of recruiting this coming off season, a lot of recruiting. And I think a lot of people also, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people also discount that great quarterback play hides a lot of things, right? And and I'm going to be talking to Jets fans all night tonight as well. We talk about the one of the, or people talk about one in the fire, Robert Sella. Tom Brady was at the Patriots and he covered up his quarterback play, covered up a lot of stinky stuff with the Patriots. And the second that he left, you saw all of that in real time. Right. You saw how bad that offensive line was. You saw how some of the offensive decisions don't make much sense. You saw, and even though the Patriots banked us this season, you saw, you see like that they don't look as good with Tom Brady. So that's what I think a lot of people aren't understanding as well. That great quarterback play, the type of quarterback play that I believe Aaron Rodgers would uh, bring to us will hide a lot of our deficiencies in a lot of other areas because he's so smart. He makes a lot of great decisions, and it is what it is. You talked about it. Um, you hinted towards it, um, talking about the coaching, right? Well, who's going to respect the coaches? We know. We've seen this already. Aaron Rodgers literally is the offensive coordinator. He is the right. coach. We've seen it. And the players know we that know that too. Nathaniel has know it. And they this, know it. This is not real. <laughs> we, we know it, right? Like we were, we were told one thing. And yeah, Nathaniel Hackett he calls the plays, but we know that Aaron Rodgers has carte blanche. We know that when he goes out there on that field, that he can check in and out of everything. Right, cause he, cause he, he, he has it. he has a carte blanche yeah, to change he, it all. So he can change it and in we're the seeing that exactly, and we're seeing that right now because we see the lack of adjustments and how often Nathaniel Hackett can't change his scheme enough or can't. Put a game right. to get, put a game plan together that's solid enough to fit around other 
quarterback skill sets. That's why we struggle with Zach Wilson and all these other things because often the play calling is behind. So it's it's going to be a uh, a very interesting offseason. I will say that. We'll be talking about well, thanks, that. Thanks, Joe. Um, you answered my question. I, I think I'll be listening. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, we got to ride, Aaron. It's 2024, mm-hmm. and we got to buy in, believe in, and we got to endure this and stay faithful, stay on course, and just believe the hype because they're going to hype it. Aaron's going to hype it. He's going to do, like you say, to get the players, do behind-the-scenes things. Yep. And we just got to hope because, as you well said a few moments ago, there is no other option. So, Joe, thanks no. for the vine. Go, Jack. Thank you. I kind of hope we lose next week, Joe. I don't know. Am I, am I wrong? <laughs> Even though the Patriots, I hate the Patriots, Joe. But if we lose, do we get – is it worth it? Uh, give, me, give me your listen. final thoughts before I hang up. What, 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 do do listen, we lose? Quickly, I'm, listen, I, I, I'm not – I've been made, I made it very clear. I understand some people want to tank. I've never been with the tank. We'll, we'll just see what happens. I'll do a show coming up, and we'll talk about All it, right. But, I'll, 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 I'll look forward think. to that, Joe. Absolutely. Thank you, David, for calling right, me. You good have night. yourself good. a good one. Listen. We're going to keep getting to these lines again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. I'm taking all callers. Look, I'm, 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 uh, I'm beside myself now. This loss to the Browns is very, very upsetting. Okay? And especially when we're talking about the future of this franchise. I love Aaron Rodgers. And there's a lot of things that I think a lot of people are not thinking about or talking about. And I've got to get it out there. But I want to hear from y'all, okay? 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. Next! I'm going to Jake. We're going to Jake. Steve, you'll be next. Other new callers will come to you in a second. For those of you that do not know, all right, this man, Jake, he's a savage. He's a savage, man. Jake, salute. I want to thank you for calling into the show. Jake, uh, what a performance by the uh, Jets against the Browns. Jets lose 37-20. to Give me your thoughts about this game, man, and what are your thoughts about what you saw from the uh, coaching staff? Well, Joe, it's been a few weeks. Happy holidays. Um, hope everything's been good. Um, yeah, happy holidays to you as well. Yeah. Um, you know, Joe, I'm going to actually turn it to another question. Um, are you ready to say that Makai Becton's a bust? Um, Makai Becton definitely has had a rough uh, couple of games. Um, is he a bust? I mean, he, he had some great games starting the season, but these last couple of games have been rough. Uh, so we'll see. Joe, do you just have some allegiance to him you're not going to get rid of because everybody across the board will tell you the guy's a boss. So what is it that – No, I, I just told you he's not playing well. I just told you he's not playing well at all. He's not playing so well to finish the season. Back? No, he's not. Is he, is he, is he coming again? back? Is he coming back? Will he come back? Do, will, he, will the Jets re-sign him? I don't know. Do you think the Jets I could see them back? doing that because there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, transformation that's going to be, have to be done on this offensive line. And if there is, then – I don't know if you can put Super Bowl or bust on two two rookie tackles and maybe a rookie uh, left guard. But Becton definitely okay. is not playing well at all. You can consider him a bust because he's not playing well, well right now at all well, he is a bust. to finish well, the season whatsoever, and this was a big season he for him. He is a bust. Go he's ahead. not one of the top okay. left tackles. I, just, I think you are extremely been wrong for weeks about this, and I just don't know what it's going to take to admit that he is a bust. 
He's not coming back. Yeah, he's not playing he's well. Not worthy of being a starter. He's not. No, Joe, mm-hmm. he's not a few games, man. He's not been good his whole career. Let's just admit it now already. Come on, man. No, that's not true. If you look at the early in the season, he okay. played well. Look at our look at our big games. He played well against okay. Kansas City. He played well uh-huh. against that game, a game in Philly. He played solidly. Now these last like three, maybe four games, he hasn't been playing well. Lots of penalties. He's given up sacks. Yeah, he hasn't played well. He's not playing well to finish the season. At the start of the season, he was much better than he is now. That's a fact. Okay, so um, when we sign him for $20 million and he's this Pro Bowl talent, I'll just assume that's this you know, magical idea in your head because I think it's beyond insanity to bring him back right now. He's just not coming back. I never said I never said that I would. Yo, I would you said he was like the right top now five left tackle in the league, and no one. Yeah, has I thought he would. I thought at, he... At, at all. You're mm-hmm. the only person. So I ask, what is it? Is it allegiance mm-hmm. to him, or is it just you want? No. I mean, I don't know what it is anymore. I really don't know what it is. He got Listen, absolutely blown off, up, and and your argument about Miles Garrett, dude. If mm-hmm. he's a top Go five ahead. left tackle, then get it done. Mm-hmm. Get it done. It's excuses. If he listen. If he's a top, listen, I'll let you finish. Sure. Go ahead. Go ahead, no, finish, you, we should have drafted Tristan Wirfs. I'll keep saying it every single week. I'll say it for the test of the day I die. Tristan Wirfs is better than him. Andrew Thomas is better than him. Jeff, Jedrick Wills is better than him. Mekhi mm-hmm. Beckton is a bust. That's why we're talking Joe Alt for weeks. That's why beating the stupid Redskins last week was dumb. Because we could have had a shot at him is what we need right now. Yeah, we should maybe trade down and get more linemen, but you need that position. We are so screwed right now. And I'm just mm-hmm. not going to sit here and continue with this. He's a bust, bro. I, I, don't, I just don't okay. get it anymore. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I just told you he's not playing well. No, you can consider him a bust. He's not playing well. I'm not saying that we should resign him now. I thought that he would be better coming into the season. And he was better. At the start of the season, he was much better than he is right now. But as we're finishing yeah. the season, he's not playing well at all. Should the Jets bring him back? Probably not. But at the end of the day, guess what? There's a chance okay, that they could. There's a, hold on. There's a, let me finish. Let me finish. There's a chance that they could. If they don't, right, if they don't, then you're going to be going with three rookie linemen to come into this next season. And there's Super Bowl expectations and playoff expectations as well. That's a lot to put on rookie linemen. Those guys are going to have to be expected to stand up against the Eagles, stand up against the Chiefs, and all these other great pass rushers, which means that there's going to be a lot of things that Joe Douglas is going to have to do. I've talked about that as well, too, in the offseason. They're going to have to go out, and there's a, there's a chance that he's going to mortgage stuff in the future to move up and grab guys like Joe Alt and a lot of the guys and other guys I've been talking about. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets don't bring him back. But, yes, I absolutely said that. I'm on record as talking about how much I like Makai Beckham. That's a fact. Okay. Well, I mean, we're not just going to be getting rookies. We're going to have to get veterans, like true veteran linemen in this offseason. That's going to be the priority this entire offseason, which is why Makai Beckham can kick rocks and go get paid by the Raiders for all I care at this point. He's not coming back. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be it would be well, I mean, he the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, well, here's the deal, though. You're talking about signing guys in the offseason. You're gonna, if you want to sign these top tackles, how are you going to pay for them? How are you going to do that? Because you're well, talking, we're gonna have we also four, need to bring Huff back as well. Huff is great now as one of the top pass rushers. Huff is great now as one of the top pass rushers, right? Huff is great now as one of the top pass rushers. That's a lot of money to pay him. 
a lot of these guys in the offseason that we're talking about, these guys are going to get paid to the nose. Any top offensive lineman that is coming out in this upcoming free agency class is going to get paid. I don't think we have enough to pay them. You're going to have to draft quite a bit of linemen to come in here. You're going to because they're going to be cheaper. Yeah. yeah. So this well, idea, Kansas like, City's even people def- are talking about, like, Bakhtiari. Is that a guy that you want to come to the Jets? I would if he wasn't injury-prone like Beckton. They're not. No, yeah. They're both injury-prone. Because that's I mean, what a lot of people are screaming. They both have been injured the last Bakhtiari. few years. I mean, that's the reality. Both mm-hmm. of them, no, both of them. Both of them have been injured the last few years. Mm-hmm. I want so, guys that are going to stay healthy, period. And these guys don't stay healthy. That, 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 well, that's I'll a whole part I'll tell you what, the guys that the guys that are going to be out there in free agency, you're going to have to pay out of your nose for. The last thing you want to do is go into free agency, you have to grab a left tackle from free agency. The guy to come in and start. Look at it's it's going to be it's going to be tough to sign one of those guys. That's why I think Joe Douglas is going to address that position in the draft. That's why. That's why I think. And yes, again, I'm going to tell y'all, and y'all know I love Makai Becton. I do. He's not playing well. <laughs> He's not playing well, and I've been honest about it. He's not playing well these last couple of games. Boy, oh boy, has it been rough for him. Now, as we continue to talk about this, though, well, his whole career, uh, we'll hold it for another day. His, his whole career has not, see. This is the thing. Jay, this is the thing. You do not. You're bro. never fair when it comes to him. He has not been bad his whole career. His rookie okay. year, he was phenomenal. He stuffed right. a bunch of top pass rushes. He looked really, really good. You keep saying his yeah. whole career he's been bad. He hasn't. He was injured for two years with that knee injury. He just came back this year. Look okay, at twenty-five. having a rough end of the season. That real, that's a great mindset to bring him back. That's a great mindset to bring him back. When we need him for we need the most important season of our of our of our Jets careers coming up. Mm-hmm. The next upcoming season, he's not going to be there. He, I would rather draft somebody, or I'll go overpay for somebody. I will spend every dollar of this salary cap if that's what it's going to take. protection. Mm-hmm. I don't. I well, don't. You know, the, the Chiefs did it. That the Chiefs did it, and it worked well for them. It worked well mm-hmm. for them. Um, well, what we'll see. Again, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what the Jets do with him going forward. Okay, again, I wouldn't be surprised if he's brought back, but I definitely wouldn't be surprised if he's let go as well. I want to talk to you about what we're seeing out here <laughs> with – I want to talk to you about what we're seeing out here as far as the coaching. There's a lot of – a lack of adjustments, and I'm starting to hear from a lot of other Jets fans that feel like that these things that we're seeing are things that Aaron Rodgers cannot fix, right? We're seeing a lot of issues with penalties as well, which people also account to the coaching as well. Like I just told you, the lack of adjustments. What are your thoughts about what you're seeing from Sulla and his coaching staff? It's all, it's all coaching. Robert Sulla is an undisciplined coach. Let's just, get, let's just get it out of their system right now. He does not know. He is too afraid to be mean to his players. And it's the, it's the inmates are running the asylum, and that's what's happening. Okay, 12 penalties, 14 penalties, 11 penalties, 12 penalties, 10 penalties every single freaking week. I mean, at what point do you blame the coach? You blame the coach. And even last night, like, I, I barely even watched the game because I was just like, I don't want to waste my time with this. I mean, they even asked him and said, why aren't you angry? But I was like, what, do you want me to make me throw the podium or something? I'm like, yeah, buddy. Like, start yelling at these guys. Start getting aggressive. He's a wuss. He's a wuss. And let me be frank here, that right now, this year, ladies and gentlemen, this is what you're going to see when Aaron Rodgers is not here anymore. So does this look like the guy you want running your team when Rodgers is not here anymore? 
Is this the guy you're going to trust with a new quarterback? Is this the guy you're going to trust that's going to have discipline? Is this the guy? No. It's clearly simple. You know why? Because he doesn't have an offensive-minded – he's not offensive-minded. That's it. The offensive-minded coaches are going to the Super Bowl, period. It is such an antiquated mindset that we're continuing to believe that these defensive-minded guys are getting it done. Oh, Sean McDermott's going to go with Josh Allen this year. No, he's not. They're not winning, okay? The Bills are barely squeaking by right now. It doesn't work. And the guys like geeky little Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan, they're going, these are the guys that have chances at it because they're offensive. Kevin Stefanski with Joe Flacco, people. Like, my God. Like, were we talking about Joe Flacco last year being a statue? I mean, it's, it's, it's dear God, man. It's like, how do people not see this? But no, no, Salah, he's great. He loves his players. He's Mr. Clean. He's, he's wonderful. He, he, the players love him. Oh, yeah, that sounds like somebody. Oh, yeah, Todd Bowles. How did that pan out? Not well, very well. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's Todd Bowles. Bad. He's Todd Bowles. He's I don't, Todd I don't Bowles. think he's, no, I don't think he he's is. as bad as Todd Bowles. No, okay. he's not. I don't think he's as bad as Todd Bowles. There, there's been some issues here, right? But I don't think he's as bad as Todd Bowles, especially when, again, he hasn't had a quarterback level. Look, I, I understand a lot of people bashing Sella because he's a defensive mind, he's a defensive coach. I still, I think you can concede, succeed with defensive uh, coaches here. But there's a lot of issues that the New York Jets have had, particularly along the offensive side of the ball, especially with protection. Um, us th- trying to figure out this offensive line situation has been big. Also, uh, the stuff that we went through with Zach Wilson, too, and we'll see what happens as we continue to work and go with him. But I think Seller is a guy that can put things together, but I don't think that he's, I don't think that he's worse than Bowles. I don't. I don't think he's worse than Bowles. Todd Bowles had a lot of issues, a lot of issues, a lot of stuff. I mean, even, even, his, even his defensive calls were just, mind-boggling to me at times. Some of his usage of a personnel defensively was mind-boggling. I don't think that Sella has those issues. I don't. Um, this this defense has been on fire up until, you know, there's been some games where, you know, it's been down like against the Browns, clearly. Uh, we struggled. But for the most part, the defense has been the anchor for us since he's gotten here um, and, and figured things out defensively. So the Miami I don't think he's bad as both. Joe, they mm-hmm. were pitiful, absolutely torn mm-hmm. apart by Mike Daniel. Even the games mm-hmm. that they yeah. won, they were heavily penalized. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you're heavily penalized like that, I don't care how many sacks you get. You get penalties mm-hmm. like that, you're going to lose games. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You get 12, 13 penalties a week. It doesn't matter. Okay, Joe, you know, let me ask mm-hmm. you a question, Joe. How many defensive coordinators have won Super Bowls in the last 20, 30 years? I can't think off the top of my head at all. Besides Bill Belichick, and it's going to be Bill. I know what I'm going to say. Like Bill, Bill Belichick, I know Bill Belichick is definitely Carroll. one of them. Bill Belichick, yeah, who listen. is the unicorn situation, and Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. Who else? Nobody. 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 But again, that doesn't. That listen. You you can go through the halls just because you're a defensive mind doesn't mean you can't have success in this league or you can't make and win a Super Bowl. You just talk, listen. Sean McDermott. Yeah, the Bills are next They were dominating. That's what will happen. You'll go to a wild card they, game. They and were lose. dominating yeah, our division for quite, a, for quite a long no. time. Are we they paying to go to a wild card game and lose? Quite a long time. No, so those situations are just because you're not an offensive-minded coach, that doesn't mean that you can't really? succeed in the NFL. That's just that's just not true. 
We've seen it. Look at, look at our franchise history. If you look at one of the most successful coaches we've had here in recent memory, it was Rex. And Rex was a straight defensive-minded coach, straight defensive-minded. And we went to two AFC championships back-to-back. So, come on. <laughs> like, I hear what you're saying, but I, I think things have to come together in a certain way, and I think that there's just issues. And, again, I think this season would be much better if we had Aaron Rodgers. If we had Aaron Rodgers and the team was thinking like this, then, yeah, I could see people really continuing to jump on Sulla and calling him a, a horrific this and horrific that. But when you don't have Aaron Rodgers, who's the guy that was supposed to be running this offense, things t- kind of change quite a bit. Kind of change quite a bit, and I think you're seeing what we're seeing right now. So, the year of the backup, back look at how many teams are playing with backup quarterbacks. We can't use that excuse anymore. The Browns are going with Joe Flacco. Okay, mm-hmm. last, night, last night's game is the personification of what the Jets were neglected to do and what the Browns were able to do. I think that was the best prime example. You, if you wanted one takeaway, I think even somebody posted like today on ESPN or something, or I think Bleacher Report, they, the Browns game last night showed you exactly why the Jets could have maybe made the playoffs with this route, but they didn't. Because guess what? Kevin Stefanski is an offensive-minded coach that wins, and Robert Saul is a defensive-minded coach who loses. That's the takeaway I got from it. Sorry. I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat this anymore. Well, uh, listen, I hear you, Jake. I don't know. I don't agree with all your takes, but I hear what you're saying. I just I, I think that they tried with, uh, you know, that backup of Tim Boyle. I think that that's what, that was their answer. And, again, Zach Wilson outperformed him in the offseason. And they just continued to go forward with him. And here we are. We're at where we're at right now. Having a backup quarterback, again, great, great backup quarterbacks don't grow on trees. That's one thing we do know, right? That's one thing we do know. And for everybody talking about Joe Flacco and all the great, great things he did here, he was a stiff for us when we had him, and he was actually out there playing. I remember you calling him, saying that he was terrible when he was here, and we were all okay with him moving on. And he went over there, and he's seen success with it. Joe, 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 hold on, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. You're, Joe, you're completely missing my point. You're completely missing my point. I know Joe Flacco's not a great quarterback, but guess what? You have an offensive-minded genius coach who knows what he's doing. Robert Sala has no idea. I think if you gave him even Gardner Minshew, he probably wouldn't know what to do right now. Look at all these guys that are getting it done because they have offensive-minded coaches. And I'm not talking about, well, we had Adam Gates, so we should have made it work. No, we had a cast-off offensive-minded coach. We have no offensive <laughs> guy that runs the system. It's not funny, bro. It's for real. Like, this is the reality. No, I, I'm laughing because, no, I'm laughing because you just – I was just about to talk about that as well, but you just cast that off because you're just saying, well, get an offensive-minded coach. They tried that with Adam Gates, and it didn't work out well. Listen, I understand what you're saying. It's but a just terrible saying example. That you, no, no, it's not a terrible example because if you – no, it's not because, again, okay. just because you're a defensive mind doesn't mean you cannot – that you can't succeed in this league. That's not what that means at all. There have been other guys that have defensive minds that have succeeded in this league. I just talked about Rex Ryan. I just brought that up. He's a defensive mind, and he succeeded in this league. You don't have to have an offensive mind here, but things are not working. And it's mainly because of the offensive line. You're talking about Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is being protected properly. Our quarterbacks are not. They're not. You want to talk about Rex Ryan? What happened when all their offensive talent went away? What happened when all the talent went away? He was horrible and he got fired. 
So with all the talent's gone from Robert Sala, is he gonna do this? Is he gonna build this all over again? Because right now it's not it's, going too well. Mm-hmm. You know, whole well, veteran, again, you know, entire well, whole veteran team. And what happened to Rex Ryan? He faltered, got fired. He went to Buffalo. He got fired. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about the all great veteran team he had with a horrendous Mark Sanchez, and he made it work because he ran the ball and defense mm-hmm. great. How many teams are succeeding with that right now? Not many. I haven't seen any in the Super Bowl done that. You want, I want to maybe count the Niners, but guess what? You have an offensive-minded coach doing that. I'm just divulging to that part. Listen, I hear you. And, there's again, there's other ways to play the game. You can run the ball. You can do all those things, play really solid, uh, solid defense. And, again, I think you can win in this league. But just sitting here is acting like, oh, well, it's just falling apart. It's like, hey, there's things that have gone on here. The issues along the offensive line have been a big hindrance to us. ATV going down. Again, us not being able to fill in that right guard, right? Wes Weiser, all these guys going down, that has been the biggest issue on offense, the lack of protection, the lack of our offensive line being able to protect. That's the biggest issue. But, Jake, it's been a great call from you. I got to slide off because I got other callers. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, all right? I like going back and forth. All right. Good night, Joe. Happy New Year. You have a new one. Happy New Year. We're going to keep getting to these lines again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. I want to hear from everybody. I'm yelling, going back and forth. We're arguing. Next, I'm going to 404. 404, I'm coming to you, Steve, Val. Hold on. We're getting to everybody. 404 is my guy from Atlanta. For those of you that do not know, he is a Salute, man. Listen, what's going on, man? Look, I'm going back and forth with everybody. The Jets get beat by the Browns 37 to 20. People want to fire Robert Sulla. I've talked about him. I've talked about people. I've talked to people, excuse me, tonight and told them, hey, that's not going to happen. Give me your thoughts about all of this, man. Yeah, yeah, I think the criticism of Salah is, is really kind of an overreaction. I, I think he's done a good job of not only just trying to steward the ship and make sure that people finish the season in a way to where you could say, okay, this is a professional unit that was worn down. Defensively, you've seen what it was the past couple of weeks. These guys have played way too many snaps. They've had to pull off way too many miracles to keep games close and to pull off a couple of wins. And just honestly, man, our, our season ended when A-Rod went down. Not just because A-Rod went down, also because of the amount of prestige A-Rod had in that building, uh, mm-hmm. making us take certain signings, which costed money, which made it difficult to replace him later in the season. When I, I think at a certain point, look, man, the front office, I think they were told no when they wanted to try to upgrade certain things on offense uh, to try to have a chance to, to really win. And I, I think at a certain point, ownership just said no. And, and that's why, you know, you get the explanation of, well, we got Tim Boyle and we really like Tim Boyle. Well, that, that's what you have to do after you can't spend any more money and upgrade. Why? Because we got those receivers that are somebody's friend on the roster who wouldn't be on the roster if they weren't his friend. And, and look, I'm not blaming A-Rod. This is like a worst-case scenario. I think A-Rod was fully bought in. I think if he played, you know, this would have been a magical season. But it was just a tragic thing that happened. 
And he's probably wrong for trying to, you know, get fans' hopes up that he would come back or something like that. But honestly, when you think about a guy like A-Rod, I think he believed it. I think he really believed that he would make it back at some point and, and be able to play despite having, you know, such a terrible injury. But, like, when we get into – when you got Tim Boyle out there and, and you're really saying, like, the, the coaching is an issue, like, like, come on, man. At a certain point, X's and O's do not mean as much as Jimmy's and Joe's in the NFL. Like, yes, you can cover up for things. Yes, you can kind of, you know – make lemonade sometimes, but come on, man. Just the talent disparity was obvious week to week, and man, that defense played their heart out, man. Like, the, the games that they were able to win, man, like, just salute to the, those professional guys who have something to build on going forward. Now, can we get A-Rod back next year and get the band back and, and try to do it? Hey, you got no other mm-hmm. choice. That's what we have to yeah. do. You draft a guy yeah. late, and, and, you know, you roll with A-Rod, you see what you can do. But we know Brees Hall is a baller. We know Garrett Wilson is a baller. Like, we've got certain things lined up that we, that we know are, you know, are going to translate uh, going forward. But my bad, Joe, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. Like, I, listen, I, I hear exactly what you're saying, and that's why, that's why when I sit back and I'm talking to Jets fans, and, again, I'm listening to everybody. I've had discussions, and there's Jets fans that want to fire everybody, including Joe Douglas. And I'm hearing it, and I'm telling people, just like something you just kind of talked about, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't want that to happen, it's not happening. If you do that, if you fire all these guys and you get rid of them, get ready to start over again without Aaron Rodgers because he's probably going to walk away because he's not going to want to be here if you're going to field a team that's basically going to be winning four, four games, five games a season because you're in a full-blown rebuild mode. And then you also got these young players as well that's going to walk away too. You know, your, your soft garners, your Garrett Wilson. You already see Garrett Wilson is frustrated just how this season is going. I'm pretty sure he's not going to stick around either if you're going to blow this all up and get rid of Aaron Rodgers, especially you. again, you're in win-now mode. So I look at it like this, man. Like you said, we're, we're going to get the band back together next season. Aaron Rodgers is going to recruit heavily this offseason to bring guys in here, and we're going to figure things out and, because that's the only way that you can really do it. Because if you try it any other way, it's going to go very, very different. It's going, to, it's going to go very, very different, and it can get bleak and get very dark. Now, my question for you, though, is one of the things that I'm very concerned with is the penalties and the undisciplined play. I'm very concerned with that here, and I want, you to, get, I want to get your thoughts on this because we had 12 penalties in this game, 74 yards. We gave up 14 penalties just a couple of games ago, 150 yards. What do you attribute this, the Jets being heavily penalized to? I mean, what, what, is it coaching? Is it just the players doing something? <laughs> that, like, I mean, what, what's because at this point, what can, is there something that you feel that Sella is not doing to address this issue? I mean, what are your thoughts on this all the way around? Well, look, uh, Jets fans are not going to like to hear this, but I, I'm just speaking from this is my eyes. <clears throat> you know, some of you probably have better football eyes than I do. But this is just me speaking from my own experience and watching for years. We probably should have got penalized more. Now, you say undisciplined. I say we are not only playing. We're not only playing to the whistle. We're looking for every edge we can find. If you can hold, Mm -hmm. hold. If you can get off early, get off early. 
we're trying to find every edge that we can, and sometimes the hands going to get caught in the cookie jar. Now, mm-hmm. would this be necessary if we were fully loaded with A-Rod and then this was happening? No, then you'd be talking about a discipline issue because at that point you're making it hard for you to win games. But, when you're, mm-hmm. again, when you have a talent disparity and you have to win by, hey, we got, you know, we flipped the field on this particular punt return or we happen to get a three and out during, you know, the, the second quarter at the ninth minute and that was the thing that turned the game. When the edges are that close, yes, you go almost 70s Raiders, man. You cheat as much as you can. You try to get away with as much as you can. And I will not knock Shiloh or the players for trying to do it. Because we've seen, you know how many teams we've seen lay down in a scenario like this by week five to where the rest of the season, they're just getting blown out. They don't show up. This was none of that. This was guys fighting every week. Go look at the point spreads. For a team missing as much as they did, man, they had people horrified. Go pull up those four all-pro quarterbacks who had some of their lowest-rated games against the Jets. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. I'm sorry, man, but these are some of the things you have to do when talent-wise, you know, yeah, you're at a disadvantage. So you got to try to find every edge you can. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I got to slide off. I want to thank you for calling in. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, all right? Most of man. Have a good one. Happy New Year, Joe. Absolutely. Same to you. Happy New Year to you as well. We're going to keep getting to these lines again. 515-602-9639. is the number. Call in. I am taking all callers. All right? We're talking to everybody, and I want to hear from everybody. Next! We're going to Val. Val, we're coming directly to you. Steve, we'll come to you next. Listen, for those of you that do not know Val, he's a savage. Val salutes. I'm here battling, battling with people. (laughs) I'm going back and forth. We're having a lot of heated discussions surrounding Robert Sulla. Jets offensive line. But I want to get your thoughts, man. Browns, Jets. Jets lose to the Browns, 37-20. to 20. Give me your thoughts about that, man. Browns actually got into the playoffs uh, with this win, clinched the playoff win. How are you feeling after watching this? <laughs> that, that tra- oh, well, first of all, happy holidays, Joe. Happy holidays to happy all the holidays. And man, listen, terrible, terrible, terrible game. Terrible game, terrible coaching. Uh, I don't blame the defense. Like I said it in the chat yesterday, man, listen, the defense has been showing up time and time and over again. This is basically like last year when we lost those five or six games when we were supposed to only win one game and we would have been in the postseason. We wouldn't have to be talking about, oh, yeah, this is 13 years, you know, we haven't been in the playoffs. This coaching staff is terrible, terrible. And I, I somewhat agree with Jake, what he was saying as well, too. And it's not just the head coaching, you know, it's not just the coaching. It's also Joe Douglas. I don't hear no smoke for Joe Douglas as well, too, because he, he had a lot of misses when it comes to this um, this team that he put together. Dalvin Cook, he's getting a lot of money. He's not playing like that. 
Um, Alan Lazar, he hasn't shown up at all. You got rid of McCole Harmon from the beginning of the season because uh, we don't know how to use him. I'm like, like, what is going on with this team, man? Like, is is it the organization? Is it a, a Woody Johnson situation? It's like, mm-hmm. bro, you were supposed to redshirt Zach Wilson. You were supposed to redshirt Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson was not supposed to touch the field, allegedly, is that's what they said. And then, you know, just like how you see Minnesota, you see all these other teams, Minnesota, you see the um, Bengals, you see multiple teams out there. When their guy goes down, they're making as mm-hmm. much moves as, as as they could to, um you know, prolong the season so they're not wasting mm-hmm. their season or punting on the season like the Jets did this year. We just sat back and just said, you know what, we're going to just let everything go out as well too. Then you got Dwayne Brown. We had him as a problem as well too from the beginning of this season where on hard knocks Aaron Rodgers was even complaining like, Oh man, we're getting so much sacks. Like like mm-hmm. what's going on with this offensive line? He's was he was complaining since August and they didn't make no mm-hmm. adjustments. This is the problem with this coaching staff that I don't like. This is not a good coaching yeah. staff. And then you even oh go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, no, I'll let you finish. Go ahead. Okay, no, I was just saying, basically, they we've we seen what happened. And then this guy, he's 38 years old, Dwayne Brown, and he's not even playing at all. And he just came on the first game, and we, we was all saying, put Makai, Le- put Makai Beckton at the left side to protect him because he has been playing. Get this guy, you know, situated into the new um, coaching staff and then, you know, the new system. And you've seen exactly what happened to Aaron Rodgers. He, he was not protected. They don't make no in-game adjustments. It's, and then, you know, the Cowboys game was ridiculous as well, too. You got um, – they didn't even know what Michael Parsons was. It was like, oh, we didn't know he was that fast. We were just going to watch film and stuff. Like, it, it's, just, it's just terrible. It's week after week after week with the same nonsense, man. And we're selling instead of buying. We, we're supposed to be getting players in here. We're, we're actually selling. So we're punting on the season because they didn't have no plan B. They did not have no yeah. plan B. Everything shot them in the um shot the whole plan out because everything was on Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Carson Wentz reached yeah. out. You got multiple backup quarterbacks that reached out and they just sat there and just said, you know what? It's, it's a lot of media that's going on. They're they're getting on us. Mm-hmm. Let's just go in out and just get Trevor Simeon. When you had multiple yeah. people like Carson Wentz and other quarterbacks that reached out. And I, I'm just so pissed off with this team right now, man. Here, here's the, uh, that's why I wanted to let you finish here. I wanted to hear your full take. Here, here's the thing, and I want to go back to something you were touching on. I want to play devil's advocate here um, because I like having this, these type of discussions. I know a lot Let's of people go. blame Joe Douglas for a lot of things, right? And I get it. He's the general manager. He's making a lot of these decisions. Um, but he has hit on a lot of players, and I feel like people don't give him credit for that at all, right? You look at Sauce Garner, Jermaine Johnson, mm-hmm. Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, like – those guys, oh, that was all, a, that was a Jeremy hit, Rucker, those, these, these are hits. Like, these are, these are guys that are coming in. And I understand a lot of people talk about, you know, well, look at the misses and things. No general manager bats a 1,000. None of them. If you, I'm telling you right now, if we can do it, we could go look at the Ravens draft the last couple of years that Ozzie Newsom was there. Ozzie Newsom was one of the greatest general managers to ever be in football. He had some misses, too. He had guys that didn't, didn't pan out well. So it's like, bruh, as much as, listen, a lot of the issues that we see along with offense, we all talk about, it's like a broken record every week. It's crazy. We talk about 
of course, the quarterback position because Aaron Rodgers went down. But the offensive line, him not solidifying the offensive line. But we've had massive injuries along that line too, right? I mean, can you really set up if you got to play for your, you know, right now we're on guys like our fourth, fifth string guy. He had backups. Guys like Wes Schweitzer, he went down. I remember talking about the offensive line and being told, well, ATV is versatile, Joe. So stop worrying about the offensive line because he can go from right tackle to guard. I remember Jets fans telling me that. ATV goes down. So we lose him in that versatility, right? Even guys like Max Mitchell being injured. Like all these things have flowed in. Could he really, could he really set up a situation where the offensive line could sustain that? I don't think anybody could around the league. Anybody. Nobody. A lot of these guys would suffer because they were being to their third and fourth string guys. A lot of Jets fans, I think, are, are talking as if it's just one or one guy went down. No, it was multiple guys. But then even if you go to, right, the struggles on offense, which is we've seen, and again, we're missing Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers was playing, I think the offense and the team is remarkably better. But I also think a lot of people don't give him the credit for what he's done on defense. We talk about the misses, right, the Alan Lazards, which to this point has been a miss. Right, but again, Al Lazar was one of the top uh, wide receivers in that free agent class. If we hadn't assigned him, somebody else would, right? But nobody talks mm-hmm. about the the world of good he's done on the defense. Nobody talks about the DJ Reeds. Nobody talks about the Whiteheads. Nobody talks about him getting Quentin Williams resigned, giving him a fifth year option. I remember when Jets fans wanted Quentin Williams traded away for a half drinking Gatorade and a honey bun. Can you imagine mm-hmm. if he would have given him a fifth year option like Jets fans were screaming for him not to do? How we would have missed out on that? What about Huff? What about Huff? Right? What yeah. about Quincy Williams? The guy that's playing like an all-pro linebacker right now that he re-signed for, I think, like $9 million a season. That was Joe Douglas, too. Like, there's multiple things I can talk about that I feel like a lot of Jets fans don't talk about when you talk about Joe Douglas. Has there been misses? Yeah. There's been misses like yeah, every other lot of manager. Yeah. There's been misses, right? But there's a reason why when we got Aaron Rodgers, everybody immediately screamed, it's a Super Bowl we now have what we need to win a Super Bowl, though. If we were such a bad team, <laughs> if Joe Douglas had wielded this situation, we were horrible. And again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. If we were right. such a bad team and Joe Douglas had wielded this team, he's such a bad general manager, how did Aaron Rodgers turn us into a Super Bowl team? Because we had the defense to put things together. Our defense has been playing phenomenal for the most part this season. Because the Browns was rough. The Dolphins game was rough. But we know for the last – Two almost what three years I think pretty much however long Sulla's been here outside of the first season the defense has been one of the top defenses in the league period even the games where it looks like we're you know where the score is not good we know that the defense is holding up their end but they can only go for so long so I just think that I understand people talking about getting getting rid of uh, Joe Douglas and I'm I'm here to listen to it I know people talking about firing him and things like that but I think he's done a lot of good and people don't even talk about that. Give me your thoughts on that. Okay. Well, listen, I hear exactly what you're saying, and I understand that 2022 draft was a very home run hit. That's probably why he did get that extra year and stuff like that. That's probably why he's going to get this extra year. And, and listen, I already know nobody's getting fired due to Aaron Rodgers, so I'm definitely aware yeah. of that. If it was me, yeah. it would definitely, from head to toe, get fired from my perspective, you know. But listen, Joe Douglas definitely had a lot of, um, you know, he had some hits and he also had some misses. But punting on a season from game one of your quarterback going down and you were supposed to redshirt a quarterback and people paid season tickets 
You know, people have to go to games. People have to root for these games. Joe, you have to come in and talk about these Jets for 17 <laughs> weeks. I mean, come on, man. That That's not cool, man. Like, and you had multiple quarterbacks coming. You have multiple quarterbacks calling Cam Newton, even – um, RG3, yeah. he was trying to, you know, throw a little, um, you know, proposal out there and stuff like that of things that he would do if he was the quarterback here and stuff like that. But, man, if you if you would have um, answered Carson Wentz, you had, you know, for Joe Flacco even try to reach out. You had multiple quarterbacks that try to reach out, and you didn't try to get the best product out here knowing that your quarterback went down and knowing that you're supposedly supposed to um, sit down Zach Wilson to protect him and his confidence and stuff that they always do because he's a kid where, where, you know, we keep babying him. But, you know, um, I would definitely, you know, I, I definitely think he should have definitely did better with that because it was ridiculous, man. I, I, I'm just so mad of, like, we had so much, pers- um, like, you know, we was hoping to at least go to the playoffs this year, you know. Like, mm-hmm. even if Aaron Rodgers was down, I felt like this team was still capable of, um, going to the playoffs. And then on top of that, you got to put it on him for putting the staff together as well, too. D- D- Daniel Hackett, he had a bad rap sheet. You know, he was terrible, you know. And he came in here and he did the same exact thing because he's the one that hired him. I mean, even though mm-hmm. Robert Solid, that's his guy as well, too, he hired him as well, too. For me, if I, if I was the GM right now, I would have demoted um, Robert Sala, put him as a defensive coach, I would get Eric Kennedy, <laughs> possibly the head coach, to get some kind of um, offense is, going right now. Like, you know, right, yeah. this guy, with, I mean, ever since he left the Chiefs, the Chiefs hasn't been really good at all. So, you know, and then he almost beat us with the Washington Redskins soon as um, who came in? Jacoby Brissett. Commanders. The, the Commanders, yeah. The Commanders. Jacoby Brissett yeah, has came in, and you know that's what I'm saying, man. Yeah, oh, listen, man. I love, I love, I love Eric Bieniemy, but that is not happening. If you, if you're talking about, <laughs> I'm telling you, if you're talking about firing first, he's not gonna, he's not gonna take a demotion. I think Robert Seller would rather just move on. But if you're talking about, again, if you're talking about firing people, and I know you already said that, I don't think that that's, you'd have to clean house, and I don't think that that's the way that the Jets should go. I don't think that you have to have an offensive-minded coach to have an offense that can put things together in this league. I don't think you do. You can have – listen, there, no, coach, huh? no coach is going oh, to no, be, you know, super involved in both sides of the ball. There's defensive-minded right. coaches that have had major success in the, in the NFL. I, I talk about Rex all the time. Again, Pete Carroll's one of them. Belichick has dominated, you know, dominated the AFC East for years. He's not some brilliant offensive mind. McDermott, the other guy as well up there at the Bills, he's a great offensive or a great defensive mind, excuse me, as well. Like these, these are quality coaches, man, that have seen their time in the league and have done a lot of great things here. I don't think you have to have an offensive minded coach. Again, I think a lot of our struggles, and people are discounting this, is that Aaron Rodgers is not playing. That's yeah, the but what was the B though? Just in case Go of him going down. What was the, why, why he doesn't – this is my problem with Joe Douglas, why he doesn't utilize mm-hmm. the backup position. Even when Zach Wilson was a rookie, he did not utilize the backup position at all. It's like time and time again, it's like they have this hard-headed mindset of, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't have to do that. You know, it, it takes until week, like weeks after for them to make a move or make an adjustment. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's – really, 
And then my my no, only listen. thing is, okay. No, listen, listen, and I, I'm, I'm going to give you the final word. No, listen, I hear you. Okay. And the backup quarterback, the the talk surrounding that, I get it. But I remember when I was asking questions about that, and you were on the show then, Val, and I know you heard, when I was asking questions, like, hey, is anybody concerned that Zach Wilson looks like he's going to be the backup and that Tim Boyle, I was told to shut up. And I was told, hey, don't <laughs> worry about it because everything's going to be fine. The same way right. that I, when I asked questions about Dwayne Brown, I was told to shut up then too, and I was told that everything was going to be fine. So, mm-hmm. and even now, even Jets fans complaining about Dalvin Cook. When he signed Dalvin, literally, if you can go back and listen to when Dalvin Cook was at the practice facility, the entire stands full of Jets fans stood up and were chanting, let's go Dalvin. <laughs> they wanted him to sign with the Jets yep. so bad. So, look, I understand that there's there's been some guys, there's been some misses. But Joe Douglas, a lot of the things he did were in the, the better interest of the Jets. It's not like he was out there just doing crazy stuff like, you know, Mike Tannenbaum or Mike McCagney was, where they were just throwing away capital and doing it. No, like a lot of these things were things that, you know, were really he, – you, he missed on some of these guys, but it wasn't like some blind crazy miss. It wasn't. Now, the backup quarterback position – they could have addressed that better again, and I'm going to say it again. This is what I think, okay? This is what I think. I think that they thought that Tim Boyle was the guy, okay, that would come in and win it, especially after Mike White went where he went. And I remember asking questions about that, and everybody was like, oh, well, whatever. And that's who they went with. But that that, and thinking that Dwayne Brown could be your starting left tackle, I think are the two biggest mistakes he made coming into the season. I'll give you the final word. Okay. For sure. And, Joe, this is my problem, man. We've seen the pro- on preseason games. Tim Boyles was not that guy. I feel like they brought him in. Yes, he was Aaron Rodgers' friend and, and stuff like that. But he was terrible in the preseason. He was throwing interceptions in the preseason, so I knew it was going to happen. Yes. That's why everybody was like, let's yes. go and see Tim Boyles and stuff. I was just like, man, he's not the answer either. You know, they brought him in to, um, to have a competition with Zach Wilson, and mm-hmm. that was a layup. That was a layup. They brought in the, probably the worst guy to compass, um, compass, um, have a competition with Zach Wilson and stuff. But I do have a question for you, man. Um, do Go you ahead. feel like Robert Tyler have lived up to the CEO head coach of this team so far? Um, no. Right? No. Yeah. Okay. But, but here's yeah. why. This, is, this, this was my thing, and it's a great question, but this is my thing. I never believed that. Because it's not possible. It's not possible. <laughs> it's not possible. <laughs> I never – well, listen, the reason why I don't – like, there was evidence. They fired Mike LaFleur because the offense didn't work. If he was CEO right. head coach, wouldn't the offense have been better too? Right? Like, so those – like, the CEO head coach thing, I get it, but it, it doesn't work like that. Like, it just it just doesn't. If a guy – listen, Bill Belichick, one of the greatest coaches, as much as we – Hate him and the Patriots because we do. At least I do. I'll speak for myself. Okay, I want the Jets fans and can't stand the Patriots. But right. brother, he is not an offensive genius. Like <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. Revis he's a basically guy. That deep- this is that was Tom Brady mostly that helped yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, get those- I'm, I'm not gonna say it was all Tom Brady, but Tom Brady definitely. You could clearly see there's been some struggles, but you know it is what it is. But the the idea that, you know, he's going to oversee everything, the offense has been struggling. And 
It is what it is. But again, I just I think that we would be much better if Joe Doug if Joe Douglas, goodness gracious, if Aaron Rodgers was here. And that's why oh, I can't I can't wait till next season because a lot of questions yeah. are going to be answered then. I'll give you the final word, Val, before I let you go. Okay, and and I totally agree with you, man. And I will say, man, um, like I said, I've been watching the hard knocks of you know of the Dolphins as well too. And I'm gonna be really brief with this. And as soon as one of their guys went down, they went out to get the best um, free agent, which is JPP. They went to you know it's just like they they make moves. And this is the thing that I, I don't like about this team is like when stuff is going out, we're we're just prolonging and stuff, you know, and. It's just I don't know I don't know if we have a real direction and the only direction we have is Aaron Rodgers or bust and that's what I don't like mm-hmm. because we have a lot mm-hmm. more situations we got to work on this wide receiver core as well too I feel like we still need to get more weapons as I was calling in the beginning of the season I don't feel like this team yet is ready to go to the Super Bowl besides the defense but that's all I gotta say Joe man and thank you for yeah. having me man and keep doing your thing absolutely. Joe. Listen, Val, next time I have a show, I want to hear from you. You have yourself a good one, all right? Yes, sir. You too, man. Absolutely. So we're going to keep moving. I'm listening to everybody, man. It's a tough, tough day. All right? It's a tough day. Browns beat the Jets 37 to 20. 37 to 20. Good Lord. I get to watch the Browns celebrate. More and more questions about Robert Sulla and his staff. It's mind-blowing. We're going to get into the lines again. 515 is the number. Call in. I'm taking all callers. Next! We're going to Steve. Steve, I'm coming directly to you. I'm coming directly to you. For those of you that do not know Steve, he's a savage. <laughs> Salutes. I'm going back and forth, battling with a lot of people. Browns beat the Jets and celebrate clinching the playoffs. Give me your thoughts about this game, man. Hey, Joe. Well, first of all, thank you again for having me on your show, man. And, and also, once again, I'll say this to like the other callers did. Happy holidays to you. Yeah, happy holidays to you as well, man. And happy New Yeah, man. Yep, yep. No problem, man. Hey, but, you know, listen. Going into this game, I knew going into this game it was going to be a tough game for the Jets, you know. After we came off of a nice Christmas win, you know, back on Christmas Eve, you know, beating the Commanders at home 30-28, to you know, even though the Commanders came back and scored 20 unanswered points, but we ended up getting a game-winning field goal with five seconds left in the game. So then, then we, had to, we had to turn the page very quickly. We had to go to a Thursday night game in Cleveland last night against the Browns and I mean listen I knew that this game was going to be a tough game for the Jets to win because you know they were going into a hostile environment in Cleveland I mean I've been to their stadium before I mean their stadium is gorgeous I mean much better than MetLife I mean any stadium is better than MetLife Stadium I'll tell you that right now but you know going into that game I just had a, had a really, really bad feeling that in my gut that the Jets were going to find a way to probably shoot themselves in the foot. And honestly, at the beginning of the game, the defense did not play very well. 
the defense was very, very bad at the beginning. And, you know, mm-hmm. the offense the offense in the beginning of the game I thought was pretty decent. You know, after when we gave up the first touchdown to Cleveland, you know, Trevor Simeon led a very, very nice drive down the field. You know, it ended with a nice 21-yard touchdown pass to Brees Hall. You know, that was that was a nice play. We ended up tying the game. But then after when we tied the game at seven, after when we tied it at seven, it was just things, unfortunately, were going most of Cleveland's way. Even after when Abadakane fumbled the ball on special teams, I mean, the Jets defense did come up with a very nice stop. I mean, I was surprised that Cleveland even went, did, went for it instead of kicking a field goal, which I was shocked about. So I'm like, okay, after when, when – when Cleveland went for it, they failed. Now, now here's the thing. We have a chance to maybe get back in this game. Unfortunately, the things changed when Trevor Simeon threw the pick six. And then once Simeon threw the pick six, unfortunately, things, of course, were just mostly going Cleveland's way. But the only positives I will say about this game was, was that I thought Brees Hall had a great game. Jermaine mm-hmm. Johnson had a great game. Jermaine Johnson is definitely showing some flashes of why him and hopefully Bryce Huff will be extra will be our future pass rushers for the future coming up. Um, then obviously you know, but the thing is, Joe, this is the thing that I'm just going to say right now: the offensive line and getting mm-hmm. another target for Garrett Wilson. And by the way, to Garrett Wilson. Congratulations to him on becoming uh, getting a second straight thousand yard receiving year for him. Oh yeah, you know, great yeah. congratulations to Garrett Wilson on that. But Joe, the major things that this team needs to get in the off season is, which is this: we need to get offensive line help. Offensive mm-hmm. line, I think, is the key thing. We need to get help, and we have to get another target for for our future for 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 Aaron for next year. Because, you know, because mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson cannot be the most reliable target. Like, him and Brees Hall are not going to carry the whole Jets offense altogether. Everybody mm-hmm. on that team has to contribute. And, and, yeah. and the thing is, we can't have it be just Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall doing all the work. So, you know, those are the major things we just got to do in the offseason. With that, Joe, yeah. I will take your question. Yeah, listen. That was, that was uh, some good takes there. Listen, at the end of the day, <laughs> this game to me, what was what was very upsetting was the penalties, right? And we're seeing yeah. the New York Jets be heavily penalized every single game, it seems like, Steve. And this is my question for you. The last two have not been good with penalties. Yeah, I, the whole – dang near the – most of the season has been really rough with penalties, especially penalties in critical times to allow teams to forward their drives. Give me your thoughts on this, Steve. Like, what do you attribute these penalty issues to? Is it bad coaching? Is it – I mean, what is it, Steve? I just think it, it, part of it has to do with the coaching and part of it has to do, you know, with um, – with players just being a little inexcusable. I mean, listen, NFL players today do tend to be very, very inexcusable, but at times, like, the Jets are just doing it, like, way too much, and something has to be fixed with that. Now, the other thing I'm just going to say is, you know, someone had mentioned this earlier on your show. Um, You know, when 
I remember yesterday it was Rich Samini who was asked about this. He asked Coach Sala after the game last night in the post-game press conference. He knows he asked him, well, 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 Robert, why is it at times that, you know, during the game when, when, the, when the players are making a lot of these stupid mistakes and stupid penalties mm-hmm. and all that stuff, why don't you go down to the sideline when they come back on the sideline and scream at this team? I mean, listen, when Robert Sala said, hey, listen, you want me to throw this podium at you? Listen, when mm-hmm. Sala did say that, it was kind of funny when he said that. But I remember Robert Sala has said this before. I mean, listen, and some coaches are like this. They won't yell at you on the sideline like Dory Gaze. But Robert Sala, I know in the past, has yelled at the players, you know, like in the locker room for, for doing like these inexcusable things. I mean, listen, it was just – I felt that yesterday it was a little ridiculous for Rich Samini to ask that kind of a question to him, to him on that. It's just that at times – you know what it is, Joe? It's just that the, 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 the Jet reporters just like to ask these questions to get attention. I mean, you know, Robert Sulla definitely was upset during that. <laughs> that pressure, you could see it on his face that he looked like he had just had it. He had it. And that question – uh, was the last question I did see that, and uh, uh, that was that. But, yeah, listen, I, it feels like every week we stand up here and say something needs to be done about these penalties, but these pre-snap penalties are just atrocious, especially on the offensive line when you're seeing guys like Joe Tittman uh, had, a, had a false start penalty that hurt us. Makai Becton had three uh, penalties in the game that hurt no, us listen, a, a Joe, lot. Beckton I'm just had a bad game. Mind Beckton blown. had a bad game last night. He, he yeah. was getting beat yeah. really badly by Miles Garrett mm-hmm. yesterday. But here's my thing, though. Here's my thing, though, Stephen. It's, it's great that you're talking about this. Where's the offensive adjustments then? If you're seeing that Makai Becton, and again, he was getting beat by Miles Garrett, who's a top pass rusher in this league, where's the adjustment offensively to put a title tight end over there to at least help him? Why not? Why would you continue to go out there and allow this guy to man up with Miles Garrett and get beat like this? Where's the adjustment, Steve? What, I mean, what are you Yeah, thoughts? I know. Why, why that, do you no, think that there was no offensive adjustments being made? Yeah, no, no. And, and that's on Nathaniel Hackett. Hackett has to understand that on those kind of plays, there has to be a tight end or even the fullback running back that's got to help Beckton out. Like, listen. I, Joe, I totally agree with you. But even though if, if even though if, when Makai does get help or not, Makai does to be better. And the thing is, is that you know, listen, Joe, I got to tell you something right now. This is the mm-hmm. thing, unfortunately, about Jet fans that drives me very, very, very nuts. I mean, listen, I understand that for those Jet fans that are listening onto your show right now, listen, I understand it's 13 years now of us not making the playoffs. You know. And I understand how very, very frustrating it is. But the thing was, Joe, it's just there are just Jet fans that are times that just get out of control with this kind of thing. I mean, listen, I understand the pain. I understand how everybody feels about, you know, 13 years of not making the playoffs. And listen, I'm frustrated as a, as a Jets fan as well. But then here's the thing, though. And then a lot of Jets fans were actually calling me out for Sunday's game last Sunday on Christmas Eve when we beat when we beat Washington, they're like, well, Steven, why are you rooting for this team to win? Don't you understand that we need to lose the tank? And then I'm like, well, listen, let me tell you something right now. 
when it comes to rooting for your team, you never, ever, ever want to root for your team to lose. Nobody ever wants to root for their team to lose, even if you, if you have the number one pick of the draft, draft security. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever yeah. wants to root for their team to lose. And, I mean, I even remember a couple of years ago, after when, when Chris Johnson fired Adam Gates, when Christopher Johnson was asked about at the time when he was the owner of the team, when he was talking about, you know, like, you know, you don't want people in this building who don't want to lose, you know, you know, and the thing is, is that, listen, I understand in the position where we are at now, but at the same time, it's like, it's like, listen, I know for a fact that this year that things unfortunately didn't work out because of the whole thing with Aaron Rodgers. And the one thing I, I just got to say, Joe, before I let you talk again. Go ahead. I'll give you a final word quickly. Ago, a, a couple of weeks ago, when Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee, and he actually did send a message to Jet fans, if you remember, Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show a couple of weeks ago to Jet fans, you know, listen, to the fans, I understand how the fans are very, very, very frustrated with, you know, with the situation, you know, where, where the team is at. But, but one thing Aaron Rodgers did promise, he says that in 2024 that he wants the Jet fans to be positive going into 2024, and you know he and he, and he believes well, that we will have a great future coming up. Yeah, I mean he's going to be here. He, he said he's going to be here for you know another year. He's definitely coming back. We'll see. We'll see. I tell you what, Jets fans are not going to be positive until they start winning games, all right, and huh. making playoffs. That's when a lot of Jets fans are going to be. A positive. But listen, Steve, I got to slide off. Thanks for calling in. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, all right? Hey, no problem, man. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right. Have a good one. Listen, man, there's a lot of things moving and shaking. I've been battling. We're going to keep getting to these lines. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. I'm taking all callers. I'm just, to me, I'm stunned, okay? I know we've been talking about this all night. I'm just blown away that there's a lack of offensive adjustments. I'm watching Makai Becton struggle with Miles Garrett, and I get it. Makai Becton is a guy we're all hoping to be a top, top tackle, but he's struggling with one of the top pass rushers in the league. How do you not have help over there for him? How do you not have that? How is it, how is it not part of the game plan to do whatever it takes to eliminate Miles Garrett? I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I've seen top tackles struggle with top pass rushers before. I've seen this in the league. Where is Nathaniel Hackett? Where is it at? Keep getting to the lines again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. Next, we're going to Tim. We're going to Tim. I need to talk to Tim immediately. All right? For those of you that do not know Tim, he's a savage. <laughs> I want to thank you for calling in tonight, Tim. Tim, I've gone back and forth. I've been arguing with people. So many people want to fire Robert Sulla. Uh, upset about this Browns game. I'm beside myself. I want you to give me your thoughts about what you saw from the Jets and Browns. Uh, where do I start? <laughs> I mean, we pretty we pretty much <laughs> – I mean, does it get more depressing than getting beat by Joe Flacco and Elijah Moore? I mean, come on, dude. 
two guys two two guys that, you know, were on the Jets just sort of embarrassed us quite a bit. And it's got my it's got my head scratching, like why didn't we go after Joe Flacco or why did we release him? Like he's a capable quarterback. I feel like we haven't watched a capable quarterback in weeks and weeks. And mm-hmm. if we had just maybe plugged him in a little earlier, you know, maybe things would be different. But there's a plethora of issues you know, here. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. But here, here's the thing. And I think a lot of people are now, especially Jeff Center, now romanticizing uh, Flacco. I remember he did play when Zach Wilson went down with that knee injury and Jets fans couldn't wait to put him back on that bench. He was so yeah, old and stiff. <laughs> he was throwing pigs. I know. He couldn't get out of it. Uh, it it was it was rough. So I you like I, I get it. He played well. <laughs> the Browns sour sour. The Browns right? took this. Yeah, but you know, go ahead on go ahead on to Bill. Well, go ahead. Well, you know, just like the last caller talked about. I mean, we have we've been talking about the offensive line since the beginning of the season. I don't know why mm-hmm. we can't field an offensive line in this organization that is consistent. I just don't. I mean, okay, injuries. Okay, I get it. But look at the Browns. Uh, I forget if it was their defensive or offensive line. They were on, like, some ridiculous number of of depth chart offensive tackles and offensive linemen, that, and they still get it done. So it's, it's mm-hmm. really – maybe it's a drafting issue. I really don't know. I have to assume that we have the athletic talent on the team, and it might just be the coaching. I mean, if you look at mm-hmm. the problems that we have on this team, it's overwhelmingly on the offensive side of the ball. And mm-hmm. the last caller had it, you know, had it correct when he said, you know, Garrett Wilson, while he's, you know, quote unquote, the guy, he can't be the only guy. And I think mm-hmm. as soon as Lazar, as soon as Lazar didn't meet his expectations, it was over. Because if you don't have a second option in this league, you're done. And and you oh, can only man. you can and you know what the play calling too. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe how little we went downfield. Now, obviously, the Browns have one of the best you know defensive cornerbacks in the league and mm-hmm. safeties and you know whatnot. But I mean, I'm talking maybe ten plays in a row. It was Simeon to Brees Hall for two and a half yards, and then Brees Hall would get another half a yard and get smoked. So, yeah. yeah, and did he have a good game? Of course he had a good game because he got thrown the ball underneath every single time for, like, the entire mm-hmm. game. And one time he was able to break it for the TD, but every other time, you know, we're punting the ball. And, and mm-hmm. again, it's the same issue with the morale of the defense. Yes, the defense is capable. They're good. But they can't be they can't be playing at the highest level for the entire they can't be on the field the whole game, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. I mean, I mean, what was it like? One not even a minute that the offense was on the field most of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. three and out, three and out, three and out, punt. You know, we're not we're not covering the punts very well. We're getting all these offensive mm-hmm. penalties before the snap even. Um, you know, Simeon can't get a first down for another inch. On two separate occasions, I just, dude, it looks awful, man. And I can't tell mm-hmm. if it's the personnel, if it's the offensive line, if it's, you know. But I, again, I'm going to look back at the coaching. I think, I think, I think Hackett's messing up, man. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how. I mean, what, what's Hackett's defense like 
oh, we have all these new offensive tackles. They don't know the system. We got different quarterbacks. Dude, you're the coach. Like, make it work. If you can't make it work, yeah. you know, you shouldn't be in the league. I mean, because every yeah. team deals with injuries. Every team deals with adversity. Most of the teams deal with their quarterback going down, at least for a couple games each season. Mm-hmm. Um, and look at the Browns with the way that they had a quarterback uh, rotating, you know, revolving door, and look what they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They lost They lost. Yeah, I, too. Could you imagine we lost Brees Hall? Oh, Garrett man. Wilson would have a concussion on the next play, and then we would be done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, listen, I, it, 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 it is tough. And I think this Browns game really did highlight the issues with our coaching, to be completely honest, mainly the issues with the lack of adjustments, defensively and offensively, yeah. right? Offensively, clearly, because they're the most notable, right? Because, again, our offense has been struggling for so long, especially this season. But mm-hmm. even the struggles defensively, the lack of defensive adjustments for Najoku, how do you let this yeah. guy just yeah. go off the way that he was going off? And there's no, especially with no Amari Cooper. But this is not the first I don't time know what they done like that. We got I don't know what like they were so scared of. Why didn't they double him? I don't understand. Like, what were they so I, scared of? I mean, Tim, your guess is as good as mine. I don't think it's even that they're scared. I really, truly believe that it is, and I, it's it's like an ego thing. This is the way we play, and this is how we're going to do it. That's yeah. it. Because there's no other reason to do it like that. There's no other reason to do it like that. Here's what we're doing, and that's how we're going to do it, and that's it. Because Sauce talked about how, well, I was going to follow Amari Cooper in this game, but he didn't play. Okay, cool. Yeah. So why didn't you just follow Elijah Moore? Shut him right. down. Because he had five right. catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown, and he beat Reed. Or why didn't they just have you follow Njoku? You, you and own Njoku why? and then have a linebacker over or, or a safety, and we double him, and that's it. You're going to go somewhere else except to this guy. That's not where you're going. You're going to go somewhere else, though, if, if you want I to make that, know, make that try. I just I, – so That's I the only I thing I can you notice Go ahead. I don't know if you noticed this yesterday because it was like really minute detail, but I remember Sauce coming up on a run play, and the running back switched to the outside oh, the inside Sauce was on, and Sauce mm-hmm. came down and he laid a hit on him, and the guy essentially fell down. He was basically tackled, but he wasn't tackled. Mm-hmm. And I've I've noticed <laughs> about Sauce that he's not he doesn't wrap up very often, unless None the of ball them do. is. You know, it's so annoying, but, like, dude. Like, go yeah. put your shoulder in there and put your freaking arms around the guy and and take mm-hmm. him to the ground. Like, you're not too good to wrap up and go to the ground and get dirt on your helmet. Yeah. Like, what's what, up, man? Like, listen, the tackling against the Browns on Thursday, Tim. This is a great point. Was atrocious. Ford had a 50 yard uh, catch and run where he literally just ran through like four or five jets. Guys were just bouncing off. It was insane to watch. Our tackling was terrible, and I don't. I just – I don't get it. And I understand the Jets' defense did play better in the second half. They did – they played better. But it was just – it was unbelievable to watch. Unbelievable to watch all that go on. And that leads me to my next question for you, Tim, because we're talking about coaching, watching all these things, the lack of adjustments, so on and so forth. I've talked to some Jets fans, and this is my final question for you, that have said, Joe, I don't think Aaron Rodgers can fix these issues. 
I think that these issues are much bigger than Aaron Rodgers being able to come back and the lights will turn on. Do you feel the same way? 100%. 100%. Because even if – and I'll give, you, I'll give you this example from that game, right? You know, mm-hmm. I think the argument is Aaron Rodgers, you know, he has, he has a, a, a high level of understanding of the schemes. He has a high level of understanding how to diagnose defenses. Could that potentially be the X factor? Sure. But it can't be in a vacuum. Like, he has to have an offensive line to do that. He has to have more than one uh, go-to receiver to do that. I saw somebody in the comments talking about um, getting a big-body receiver. I couldn't agree more. Like, get, get an mm-hmm. A.J. Brown, you know? Get, get somebody like Alan muscle. Lazard? <laughs> yeah, but, like, Alan Lazard, just does, he isn't it, dude. You know what I mean? For 44 <laughs> mil. I mean, what are we doing there? Uh, he's just not it I mean we need a guy who basically we need a guy like Conklin size that that has like wide receiver speed you know what I mean and and we can have a second option but it's not just it's not definitely Aaron Rodgers will not turn this around by himself if they can Mm. potentially now it is possible that if they if if we think it's the coaching or maybe it's because there's not enough comfort level, excuse me, with Aaron Rodgers, uh, or you know, with mm-hmm. Simeon and Zach Wilson with Hackett's, you know, scheme. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that could be a difference. But if they could go into the draft and just draft offensive linemen, like eight of them, you know what I mean? <laughs> just draft eight yeah. offensive, like I, you know, four of them are going to get hurt for the season because we're the Jets. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have four left over, and then we'll maybe have an offensive line where we can actually do something. Because I do think if they just do offensive linemen and they, they draft one big-body wide receiver or pick one up in free agency that's capable, mm-hmm. and, and I stress that word, capable, um, we might be decent. We might be pretty good next year. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, the ta- the tackling on defense needs to be better. The offensive coaching needs to be better. The penalties have to stop. Uh, the, the offensive line has to be consistent, you know, like with with people who are not getting injured every game. Um, I mean, there's a lot to work on here, but I don't think it's insurmountable. I think if Aaron Rodgers can come back and stay healthy, we can add a, a big wide receiver to, to complement um, Wilson. And – you know, with a really good offensive line, Joe, like Brees Hall could be like a 1,500-yard running back. Yeah, and that's why I think that um, I think that this upcoming offseason that Joe Douglas is going to absolutely draft at least three to four offensive linemen, especially if we get rid of like Lake so. Tomlinson. If we get rid of Lake Tomlinson, and again, there's a, there's a chance that Beckton probably, you know, is not coming back. That's a hold at left tackle, right tackle, clearly, because we don't have an answer there. I want – ATV moved back in the right guard. Tomlinson is gone. That's three positions. And honestly, even with ATV here, he's been hurt the last two years with significant injuries, and he's been on IR. So you have to draft a guy that's going to be able to come in and, you know, back up for him as well as a safety measure. That's four guys. The Jets Jets have to. I think think Pittman is a good foundation. You know what I mean? Like, we brought him in. Yeah, he's he's a solid. He's very solid. His rookie year. 
Yeah, very yeah. solid. Very solid. A lot of very potential solid. looking forward. Mm-hmm. Just get some guys like him next to him, you know? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, think I mean. We were, yeah, we were relying this, too much on this, veterans who were injury prone. Yeah, this 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 upcoming draft is, is has quite a bit of really quality offensive linemen, especially at the top. Um, Joe, I keep talking about Joe Alt and all these guys that can come in and really put things together. So we'll see, but this is this is definitely going to get worked on this upcoming season. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is going to be recruiting. So Tim, I got to slide off. We're getting short on time. I want to thank you for calling in. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you. All right. Absolutely. Happy New Year, Joe. Same to you. Happy New Year to you as well. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. All right, man. Listen, what a show. What a show. I've been battling. There's been a lot of things moving and shaking. Salute to all the savages in the chat, you know, going back and forth with all the callers. I'm just listening, man. I'm here to listen and give my takes. This has been rough, man. It has been rough. There are so many things that the Jets, must address this offseason. Must address. Outlaw in the chat says, punting on the season after all that hype and no plan B means backup quarterback just in case something went wrong. And he uh, shakes his head to that. Yeah. A lot of issues, man. A lot of issues here. You know? Man, oh, man. And, again, congratulations to Garrett Wilson, getting another 1,000-yard season. That's crazy to even say because his quarterback play has been so up and down tonight, uh, so up and down uh, since he's been here. But, man, like I say, man, the coaching, the coaching, Nathaniel Hackett, it's got you wondering, man. It's definitely got you wondering exactly what is going on here going forward. What's going on here? Well, we'll see. I know a lot of Jets fans want to fire Robert Sella. They want to bring in different guys. Salutes to J.E. J.E. says, call Jim Harbaugh, offer him a GM and head coaching job. Yeah, there's some Jets fans that are screaming that. I know Harbaugh is definitely – I think he's gotten an offer recently from uh, from his college. I don't think he's leaving leaving that. Uh, but uh, it's not happening. We're gonna get uh, going to get another year at least of Sulla, Hackett, Joe Douglas, all these guys. With Aaron Rodgers next year, the band's coming back together, and they're going to see if they can uh, get some things rolling and shaking, let me tell you. They're going to get some things rolling and shaking. And if they don't get it done next year, right, if this team is not remarkably better, I think we'll see a big, big move. You might see some people get fired. Might. Might, if it's really not good. But if the Jets make a, a marked improvement, I could see them trying it again. All right? We'll see as we continue to get rolling. <laughs> Whew. I, can, I still cannot believe that we lost to the Browns. I'm going to close out the show now. All right? It's been phenomenal going back and forth with a lot of people. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me show you promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook. Search. Uh, the Long Beach Joe Show on there, okay? Go ahead and follow me, all right? Go go ahead and uh, leave me some comments as well. I really enjoy getting that feedback from people, okay? Talk to me. I'll talk back. Let's go back and forth. I'm also on Twitter as well, going over to Twitter, 
Type in at the Long Beach Joe, at the Long Beach Joe on Twitter. Okay? Go ahead and follow me. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues. I'm the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will have my jersey on at all times. At all times, I'll have that jersey on of Elijah Pierre Tucker. <sighs> Another guy that's injured. <laughs> but he'll be back, and hopefully he'll be dominant next season. Okay? It's been rough, man. It's been rough. Really, really rough. So go ahead and troll me. I'm also on YouTube as well, for those of you that may not know. Come on over to YouTube. All right. Type in at the Long Beach Joe Show, at the Long Beach Joe Show on YouTube. Subscribe, hit that notification bell so when I post content, you folks will be in the know. All right. And if you want to troll me, get in those comments and troll me. We can go back and forth as well. And as always, people, you see me in person, because you will. I'll be outside. <laughs> I'll be outside. As y'all see, I face the people. I'll be outside, all right? I do not run. It is arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone. Free hugs for everyone. The hugs will cost you absolutely nothing. No matter what anyone tells you, the hugs will always remain free, okay? Always. All right? I want to thank you folks for listening, watching, any way that you interact with the show. I want to thank you for doing so. You folks are the absolute best. As y'all hear, Blog Talk is hating, okay? So until the next time, until the next show, folks, you folks have a good one. Peace.